Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. And I am very excited to invite an old friend, not old, but a longtime friend. Are we old, Stu? I don't know. If we're no, we're old, not old. We've known each other a long time. <laughs> we both agreed that we we've gone gray since we've known each other. Maybe I have. <laughs> we all have. We all have. It looks better on you. Well, thank you. I have heard that before, and I'm happy I'm aging gracefully. Stuart Selps, with the director of client experience with Nothing But Net, was on with us. I want to. I want to say maybe 2018. 2017 on a show we had with Lori Corrigan called The Naked Truth. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. And we had known each other before that, but that's the last time we got to see you in the studio. So I'm so thrilled that you're here and you've brought some uh, great power partners along with you. Thanks for having me. Happy to have you. And we're going to give everybody an opportunity to introduce themselves in just a couple of moments, but I want to make sure everybody knows who else we have in the studio here. We also have Gus Lazare. Did I pronounce that correctly? Lazar. Lazar, thank you. VP of Operations and Sports and Fitness with Ability360. Welcome, Gus. Thank you. And are you a longtime Arizona resident? I've been here for 16 years. Okay, long enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Well, we look forward to getting to know you and your organization. And Lane Zetto, pronounced, yes. pronounced correctly. Hey, at least one. <laughs> Chief Innovation Officer, EVP, and founder with Integro Bank. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thrilled to have you. It was so fun to see you come into the building because you were pleased that you had already landed on the Mac 6 campus for I guess it was an alliance meeting earlier this morning. Correct. Correct. It's all together at the same building. We love doing that for you, right? <laughs> we love making it convenient. Well, we are looking forward to today's conversation. And this is an opportunity really just to highlight all the great things that you and your organization and company are up to. And then there's an intersection that I know Stuart's excited about talking about as well. So we'll make sure that we know how all this comes together as well. Stuart, since you're the pro... <laughs> or at least my longtime buddy. Would you be willing to introduce yourself a little bit more first? Tell us about Nothing But Net, your background, and then we'll have the other guests to that as well. Sure. Well, thank you again for having us, and uh, I really appreciate being here. I love the new studio. Last yeah. time I was here, you were in the old studio, and so this is just really, really nice. So I'm Stuart Selps. I go by Stu, so everybody calls me Stu, so let's just st- start there, keep it there. I've been with Nothing But Net since the end of May of this year. We are a managed IT services provider. So we managed, we manage IT networks for small, medium, and even larger businesses. For example, Ability360 is one of our clients. We're also a big sponsor of their golf tournament. So, you know, we work with clients of any size. Mostly we like to focus on their business strategy and how it uh, revolves around technology and obviously cybersecurity because that's a huge topic. It's a topic of conversation with everybody I meet these days. It doesn't matter if you're large or small, it's, you know, you will be compromised at some point. So what steps are you going to take to mitigate your risk? Now, so like I said, I've been there since May of this year. I've been in this business for 35 years. And every time I say that, it just makes me feel old. And then I see all, all the gray, but I work for an incredible organization. Bob Cox, my boss, who's the president of the company, is an absolutely fantastic man. I've known him for 15 or 16 years. We met at a conference years ago. And the beautiful thing is when I saw this position open up, actually on LinkedIn, I immediately called him right away because I always wanted to work for him. So I have a great team. 
So I'm going to give a shout out to Steve Maxwell, who's on my team, as well as uh, Alex Ingram, who's on my team. Just a couple of fantastic people. Our tech support team is fantastic. It's a really good organization. And I've you know been around a lot of IT companies in my career. It's very well run. Uh, a lot of processes are, are in place. And, and we take our processes and put them into our clients to, to make sure that they're, su- they're successful and they're utilizing the, the right technology. The one thing that, that sold me on wanting to work at Nothing But Net, having been around the industry, is Bob and Steve, his partner, have a philosophy of putting the customer first. And for anybody who's known me a long time, they know that I'm 100% about that. It's everything. It's always about the customer. And I've worked for organizations that have said that that we're a sales organization. But no, we're really a customer service organization. And when you put the customer first, like like nothing but net does, it really makes a difference. We'll f- figure out all the financial part of it later. Let's make sure they're, they're up and running, they're taken care of. And that's the whole philosophy, and that's what our whole team does. So I'm really proud and happy to be there and representing them on the, on the show today. Great. Are they uh, based out of Arizona? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, we're in Chandler. Uh-huh. Um, we're very Arizona-based. Mostly, uh, most of our clients are Phoenix-based, but we have clients in northern Arizona and 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 all over the state. But uh, mostly, most of our clients are are in Phoenix, and we're just uh, we're over by the Chandler Mall. You know, that's our, our office is right over there. Yeah, I'm glad you reiterated that as you were kind of winding up your introduction. The first thing I heard you say was that you're not looking to fit your customers into that tech box, you're asking your clients, really, what are your needs? And then what do we have available to you to, to best serve you? And of course, one of those great needs is cybersecurity. It's uh, it's increasingly a concern, as you said, for all business owners, big every, and small, every, and every individuals day. for that matter as well. Every day. I opened up two obscure emails today that looked like they were from somebody I knew. And actually last week or a week or two, I got one that looked like it was from Jesse, my producer, my employee, and was asking to change the bank account for the payments that I make to him. <laughs> and I'm glad I looked at the email address because it was not was not him. You know, it's funny you, you say that because um, we have a prospect that we're working with. And a lot of the times that there's a thing called social engineering, which they'll either text you or, or go through like LinkedIn or Facebook or something to, to, to contact people. And a prospect that we're looking for was social engineered to send out a uh, email to a client of theirs where they got frauded out for over $50,000. And they're a small business, right? right. You know, and we're talking small businesses. We're $50,000 not ta- is $50,000 is a lot. We're not talking, you know, Bank of America or MGM or, or any of those. We're talking small businesses, the mom and pops. You know, we hear it all the time. Oh, I don't need that. I don't need that. But it's not a matter of when you're going to. It's, it's not a matter of if you're going to be compromised, it's when. And it could be the simplest thing. And a lot of people don't seem to realize that big IGM or MGM uh, compromise that, that was right. a month ago. That was all done through LinkedIn. Somebody got someone's name and password of LinkedIn, was able to, to build a rapport. Build a rapport. It was a 12-minute conversation or an 8-minute conversation, and it brought down MGM. People couldn't get into their rooms. They couldn't use their credit cards. So I don't. You know, I, I hear it all the time. I don't care if it's big or small. You will be compromised. And if you're not taking steps and have a layered approach to your cybersecurity and educating, and this is the biggest part, educating your employees, mm-hmm. you will be compromised. But we've got to put that those layers in place. And that's why we have a full layered um, approach and a uh, framework that we insist that every one of our clients take. Mm-hmm. Great, great examples for why we need that. Lane, would you mind uh, sharing a little bit about yourself and, of course, Integro Bank as well? Sure. 
So the other day I was counting how many years I've been in banking. And I hate to say this, it has exceeded 30 years. So I've been in banking for 30 years. I feel like I've done a lot, um, all aspects of banking. Very fortunate to really go through the management training program. I was learning everything from the bottom up and absolutely love it. And, and to Stu, your, thank you for sharing. I think my passion is also about clients. You know, a bank is a bank, right? What problem you're solving for? What can we do to make a difference? And never could I ever believe I could start a bank from scratch. So I was one of the founders, first employee of Integra Bank. Feel very blessed that uh, as we look at the ecosystem, it's quite broken. Large and regional banks, unfortunately, they go upstream. And during the COVID crisis, we were ranked last for PPP loan allocation. And look at how many small businesses were hurt. And there's not a lot of headquarter banks that are left in Arizona. Texas alone has over 380. We barely have 14. So something has to be done. So it's been a really good journey. We raised over $32 million in capital with 140 investors, and receive approval from the regulators in a really fast speed. Our current CEO is amazing. I mean, if you look at his background, he actually personally was a regulator, former regulator, closed down over 780 failed banks during the last downturns. And so we all roll up our sleeves and decided to design a bank, focused on small businesses, because if you look under the hood, 99% of businesses are all small businesses. And we forget big companies were small once and who was there for them. So we do focus on Arizona, also Nevada, southern part of California. But we can also support uh, business nationally. Exciting to say that uh, we're scaling fast. Timing's been impeccable. We provide data insights complimentary valuations that could cost a small business ten to $20,000. Mm. But we're able to leverage technology to really build uh, something that's incredible that no, no other bank has. Wow. How long has Integro been around? We opened the door last year, August. And so it's been wow. a year. That's a fast trajectory. Mm-hmm. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks so much. You mentioned that you never really saw yourself really uh, in, in, in this role. Mm-hmm. As a young girl, what were your aspirations and dreams? Oh, I knew you were going to ask tough <laughs> questions today. Hopefully they're, they're friendly and kind questions. Yes, yes. I actually was going to go into art and entertainment, believe it or not, because I'm very creative. And this is one of the reasons why I think when I was asked to do this, imagine you have a blank sheet of paper. Design the bank that you think people want to see, want to, you know, want to experience. That really, I mean, it it became my mission. And so I have to say creativity means a lot to me. So that was my dream. Never thought I was going to be a banker. Right. Very different. (laughs) However, the way in which you speak and carry yourself speaks volumes about the artist in you, the creative in you, and what better way to serve clients and customers than to really understand what their needs are, as Stu was 
pointing out as well and just really making sure that people are taken care of. And clearly, in the growth that you've already had, you're definitely doing that. Yeah, very good. Thanks. Gus, mm -hmm. tell us about you and three six, Ability360. Ability360, uh, we've been around for a little over 42 years as a nonprofit um, in the Phoenix area. And we started Grassroots, a civil rights organization promoting uh, the independence and empowerment of people with disabilities. So we're what's called the Center for Independent Living. Every region in the country has one. We receive some federal funding to, to do our core services and advocacy, community integration, peer mentoring, resources and referrals, and then working with Youth in Transition. That's the group that's typically on IEPs in high schools that are graduating around 22 years old and finding them, uh, you know, proper work placements and, you know, independent living situations. That way they can be on their own. Um, and that's throughout, you know, everybody that has a disability. So we're an organization that serves people of all abilities, you know, and because we're federally funded, our core services are specific to people with disabilities. So when we do peer mentoring, we go into hospitals and we talk to people with new disabilities. As a recreational therapist, I used to work at Barrow Neurological Institute. And so I would call, you know, back then we used to call the ABLE, which was Arizona Bridge to Independent Living. And I would ask for a peer mentor. And you want to link it up properly. So you want someone that's been there and done that, but it's also close enough to their age. So if they had a new spinal cord injury and they're a young person, you want to bring in a younger person that's, you know, just maybe had a spinal cord injury within the last couple of years, but it's thriving because it's not always easy. So um, we do things on that level as an organization. We also, through the years, have grown. Um, we have a home care service program that serves about 1,400 people a day, um, keeping people in their homes, providing non-medical-based uh, medical care or non-medical-based home care. So dressing, you know, getting cooking, housekeeping, shopping, those type of things to keep keep people from living in congregate living situations. Which, you know, going through the pandemic was, you know, we saw what happened in nursing homes and things like that. So all that being said, um, we serve that amount of people. We get paid pennies on the dollar um, when we do that program, but when you do it 365 days a year, it, we've grown into a very large nonprofit. And nothing but that's been there for a good chunk of that through small. And now we have, you know, three offices in the Valley. We have an office in Coolidge. And we also have our sports and fitness center. So we have a campus that's on Washington. And on our campus is an office building kind of like this. It has nine nonprofits that all serve the disability community, um, conference room, classrooms. And then that way there's power and partnerships. People can come to our campus and understand through the Spinal Cord Association and the Brain Injury Alliance or the MS Society. They can go all their offices in one day if they want, but we all work together pretty tightly. And then we also have the Sports and Fitness Center, which opened about 12 years ago. So there's only, it was built with purpose and intention to serve people with disabilities, but it's not a core service of an independent living center. So the Sports and Fitness Center is inclusive. And so we serve people with and without disabilities, but it was, our mission is, we're mission driven. Um, so for example, someone that goes to Barrow for a, new, uh, for a spinal cord injury, we have transition programs for them to keep their rehabilitation goals going through our Sports and Fitness Center. And then we also sponsor teams, you know, so we have a wheelchair rugby team. We have five wheelchair basketball teams. Our wheelchair football team just finished their season. We have, there's actually, it's really close to here. There's a curling club um, and we actually curl on Wednesday nights and it's really fun. You should actually do it as a corporate team builder. And it's, yeah, it's right down the street here. So we do curling. Our golf program's on Wednesdays. Uh, we have an incredible outdoor adventure program. So I mean, I'd go on and on, but I mean, two years ago, we merged with an organization called Daring Adventures. They're the first group of people, um, first group to take 
people with disabilities on a rafting trip down the Grand Canyon. And so we absorbed them last year. And part of that absorption or merger is we actually rafted the entire Grand Canyon with 30 people with varied disabilities. And we're on the river 10 nights. I mean, there's no electricity. There's none of this. I mean, so anything that flushes water, plugs in, you don't have it. So I was pretty primitive, but it was incredible. Um, And so we've grown our outdoor program recently. um, And what Nothing But Net supports is our golf tournament, which is in January. And that supports us uh, providing grant opportunities grant opportunities to youth with disabilities to buy adapted sports equipment. So for example, I have three boys, tennis shoes to play volleyball, soccer, you know, basketball. So I get, I get it. They're expensive, but if you want an adapted uh, wheelchair for say wheelchair basketball or racing, they're five or $6,000. And that's really hard to pay for when they're not paid for by insurance. So we raise money in order to provide families that resource. The golf term also goes to help us support our youth service continuum. Uh, for example, um, this Friday night is stargazing, and we're going out to South Mountain working with an organization that's providing the telescopes and the TVs so that way if people can't get to the telescope with their eye, they can actually see what's on the telescope and the monitor. We have 60 people going to that, and that's all sponsored through our youth continuum. And so we subsidize a lot of family programs. So beyond the Sports and Fitness Center and all of our services, we've become a community center for people with disabilities and their families to really play together, you know, in the natural and organic mentoring that happens between the families, there's, you can't plan that. So there might be a mom that has a, a daughter with a cerebral palsy, for example, and there might be another mom with cerebral palsy that, with a child with cerebral palsy that's much younger. And they kind of, you know, hey, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Let me take you under my wing and let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that opportunity as well. So we're very fortunate to be able to open our doors and provide what we do. Yes, we provide resource through our home care service program, but our other programs raise money to make sure that we supplement and we don't draw from that too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna, I was curious as to where, how much of the government funding took care of you, and then where can we as a community mm-hmm. and a group of business leaders support you? The federal funding f- pays for our core services for the most part. As we've grown through the years and we've gotten grants to provide, say, social recreation programs, and we see the benefit and the impact it has on the community, we don't want that to go away. So we raise money to make sure that happens or we draw from our home care service. Yeah. Gus, how, you may have already said this. How long have you been there? I've been at Ability360 for a little over nine years. I was on the advisory committee for the Sports and Fitness Center about 13 years ago. So I've been around since the building, before the building was built. And you mentioned you were a physical therapist or you were a trainer. What What did you do prior? I worked at a Barrow Neurological Institute as a recreational therapist. So yeah. I that role is a little bit different. So I worked with PTs and OTs and speech um, therapists. And basically, we, when patients have new disabilities, we took them in the community and work on what the PTs work on out in the real world. We did a lot of aquatic therapy. And I'd actually bring patients over to the sports and fitness center and say, this is what you can do when you're done with us. And so and then prior to that, I worked at a hospital in California, and I ran an outdoor adventure program for people with disabilities for 12 years. May I ask what got you interested in serving this population? Well, that's kind of funny as you were saying. Uh, I actually started in radio, TV, film. Um, oh so God. when I was in college. Yeah, different. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go back to you, too, because I'm. there's got to be a great story there, too. Well, I, got, uh, I got stories. I have no doubt. <laughs> so when I was in college, I was all about film. I worked in an edit studio, and it was a lot of fun. It was like right when the Avid machine came out for, you know, um, editing and just I started taking recreation classes, worked for a summer camp program, and all of a sudden I was taking all these outdoor program courses, and then someone introduced me to recreation therapy. I'm like, what if we ran a program in the outdoors for people with disabilities? And unbeknownst to me, there was already a program local. 
So I volunteered for them, did my internship with them, then worked for them for 12 years. Fell in love with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What a great story. All right. So before we go to another question, when Stu was a little guy, a young lad, did you always want to be an IT? Have you always been an IT nerd? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, You're, no. Are you a musician, too? Do I remember? Yeah, I, 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 that's what I wanted to do when I was a kid. I realized it took too much work and whatever. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Computers were not a thing. when I, I graduated high school in the 80s, right? It wasn't a thing. I, I, I would say I got lucky getting into IT. I don't know. It's built a really good career for me. There's so many things that I wanted to be when I was a little kid. I could never make up my mind. And then, you know, again, at, at my age, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> it changes all the time. And it, I think it changes with the people I meet. Like, I, I've met Elaine this year, and she's like one of my best friends. We have a group of, of four of us that uh, it's three ladies and myself. So I'm very, very fortunate. And unfortunately, <laughs> uh, the other two ladies couldn't be here today. And um, and I know Monica is sick and Lisa has a million things going on. But there's the four of us that we want to change the world together. I and we try that. to meet for wine. We were trying to do it once a month, but everyone's super busy. But it's that whole network of, again, I'm... I'm Getting past the, the original question of okay. what what did little Stu want to do when when <laughs> when he was when he was young, if you ask my mom, she wanted me to be a dentist. I, you know, I don't like putting my hands in, even in my own mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I went from wanting to be a fireman to a policeman to being a, wanted to be a studio musician to yeah. uh, not knowing what I wanted to do and you know whatever. It, it found you. It found really it was it was just business found me been in IT and then I was a uh, chief operation officer and then I really like business operations and looking for putting the pieces of the puzzle together. And I think that's that's why IT really is attractive to me uh, as a career because it's not always, it's not finding a problem, but it's finding the solution to the problem. And I love that. I, I, I thrive on that. And I will, I'll stay awake at night if there's a problem or like <laughs> balancing my checkbook if it's off by eight cents or something like that. I will, I will search and search and search and search until I find the problem. It's like the game Tetris. I want to get everything <laughs> yeah. in the right spot. And that's just my personality. I want to fix everything. And even my mom would say that I would bring home strays and try to fix the world. And, you know, when there's a problem with something, People call me and, you know, even if they're not clients or, or they just know me, they know I have a resource for something. They know I could reach out to somebody and say, hey, you know, I need da, 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 da. It just happened with you the other day. You need charcuterie, right? Yeah. I, I met of a charcuterie. things, I love it. I met a charcuterie <laughs> for some. Uh, and so, you know, as I meet people and I get to know them and, uh, and I appreciate them, you know, I do a lot of networking. I, I even even have my own networking yes, event. I put on business and brews every single month, which is a lot of fun. You know, we let, limit it to 50 people because I want good networking. And, and one of the things that I started that for is for a safe space. There are so many networking events out there. Fortunately, I, I would say that I'm fortunate that I, I, I meet a lot of um, female business people who are, I'm just going to say it, they're very attractive. And, and sometimes they just don't feel safe at a networking event. And so I wanted to create a very safe space be the protector kind of thing. And my wife just laughs at me all the time. But I wanted to create an event that it was was fun, noncommittal. Uh, you didn't have to join anything. And it just showed up and met people. And I had someone tell me at the last event, um, he got three new customers out of it. Love it. So it it's, you know, makes me super happy to do that. 
So, yeah, I try to connect people and try well, to fix problems. You're very generous with that. I, I know we don't get to see each other very often. However, we're always a champion for each other, and I think we're similar. We care deeply about people, and we want to make sure that we can make those introductions. And a lot of times people uh, hold that very close to their chest or their vest, and they're not willing to do that. And you've not only built your career around relationships and communication, but also this whole networking piece and making sure that people ta- are taken care of. And thank you. As much as I'm out in the public in my role and love to be with people, I don't really necessarily like networking very much. I want a deeper conversation, which is why I've created Phoenix Business Radio X and the format in which we have these conversations. But put me in a networking space with even even just as small as 50 people, 100 people, that small talk yeah, Gus is nodding his head. No, I, I just, I stumble and I have such a disconnect because I, I deeply want to know you and I want to know you better. And I don't want this, the 30 second sound bite where somebody else is thinking, who else can I meet? And you know, that whole distraction. So uh, I, I've been receiving your invitations to come to yeah. Bruise and Business and Business Bruise. And, yeah. and one of these days yeah. I'll come, yeah. even though I'll come nervously. No, it, and, it's fun. So, you know, I, I have it. Uh, so it's businessandbruiseaz.com if anybody wants to know the, the website. Thank you. Um, I limit it to 50 people. And I, you know, I've been getting 30 or 40 people registering and I get 12 or 15 showing up. So it's always a really small, intimate event. Perfect. And the thing that I like about it, I get to talk to everybody. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I get to make introductions because typically everybody knows me because it's all part of my network. And the funny thing is I'm training Alex on my team and I'm like, you don't go into a networking. And this is something I learned from our friend, Dave Sherman. If anybody remembers Dave Sherman, the networking guy out there. So that's my shout out to my cigar buddy, but you don't go to a networking event to sell. Right. I go to a networking event to meet somebody new, right? Meet somebody that I could collaborate with. And I like using the term collaborate or partner with because you never know where it's going to lead. You're not making a sale right away, but what if I know somebody or what if, you know, you know, somebody that might be right for me. And if we just hit it off and, and just, you know, it's, it's so hard at our age to make friends. Right. And most of our friends are, are, you know, in our business community. And so, you know, that's where I have like Elaine and Lisa and and Monica, you know, they're, they're my friends. um, And we hang out together when we can, and it's all done through business and networking. And, you know, it's how we got to know each other and we spend so much time at work. So yeah, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things. I actually have two comments. So I want to applaud you, Stu, because typically IT folks don't really necessarily like people. So you have a gift. So I wanted to just make sure you're aware that that is a gift. And then secondly, you know, I really think that after COVID, people miss people. Mm -hmm. And part of the Discussion here reminded me what set us apart as Integra Bank. I did start the CEO club, mm-hmm. and that's where I think Stu, yeah, you, you and I right. met, right? So what we do is we bring insights and tools, you know, to our business leaders in the community. And every month, almost every month, we'll feature speakers, and then share ideas. And what we did really is creating that connection and community and people walk away with so many great insights. And they, like you said, they will have create business for each other, opportunities. Mm-hmm. What's top of your mind? What are your top challenges? Oh my gosh, this feature speaker, so inspirational, giving us a lot of tools, you know, to work with. And it just became a, such a big thing. So as a client, you become a member and 
it just it's just been grown leaps and bounds. Unless it's rainbows and marshmallows, right? Oh my that's goodness. how we met. Yes, so. that's right. <laughs> so I, I've been to their CEO club a few times. It's wonderful. It's a really great people. They're all business leaders. It's wonderful. It's a great event. It was the women leaders the fireside women. chat. Mm-hmm. So you want to share his comments? <laughs> it was so funny. So uh, yeah. I had a hundred people. It was a great. It was a great yeah. event, and uh, Elaine's moder- moderating it. Uh, Monica Maydun at Arizona Escrow, who's a client and was supposed to be here. Unfortunately, she's sick, and we hope she gets better soon. Um, was on the panel, so she asked me to be there, and I'm listening diligently to these women business owners who have been become very successful. And one of the things I wanted to learn as a man is what were their challenges being female on the way up, mm-hmm. right? And after the the fireside chat, I'm talking to Monica and Elaine comes over and I'm introduced. She's like, what? And we're, you know, we just immediately hit it off. She's like, so Steve, what'd you think? I'm like, well, it was really nice, but it was too much rainbows and marshmallows. <laughs> they told all about the good sweet yep, stuff, but yep. they didn't talk about their challenges. And I would have loved to learn about their challenges yep. and what knocked them down along the way. Because we've all had that. We've all, male, female, yeah. people of color, race, whatever someone's going to try to knock you down. Right. And I really, and I wrote a LinkedIn article the next day, you know, about, and I've been a business owner and I've been kicked in the teeth uh, about um, it's not all rainbows and marshmallows. It's on my LinkedIn profile if anybody wants to read it, but it was, and I sent it to Elaine. She's like, Oh my God, I can't believe you wrote this. The next (laughs) literally, I think I went home that night. Brilliant. Well, so listen, one of the female leaders, did say that she started her business in her bedroom. She did. Right. Right. <laughs> so it was it was a tough time for right. her. And she also when she also mentioned that when she got her first office, she had a cot in there that she would sleep at her office. Yeah. Right. And but um, that was the only glimpse, huh? That was the only kind of glimpse. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, but I do know so like Monica was on the on the um uh panel and I do know her story because when I had my IT company, she was my she was my client. So I've known her 20 years, uh, give or take. She'll say 25, but I haven't lived in Arizona for 25 <laughs> years, just so you know, Monica. But I do know how the male previous CEO tried to stop her from getting her education and, you know, from from growing as part of the company. And, and she did a lot on her own. And she's a wonderful, 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 strong woman who I have tremendous respect and, and love for as, as a friend, as a client, as part of my inner circle. But I wanted to hear from the other people as well. You know, I was really kind of interested in what that struggle was like. And there was um, a lady who's African-American, a lady who was Latino, right? Yep. yep. So I wanted to know what their struggle was. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still waiting for the introduction from you because I, I do want to meet with them. And yes. I, I want to learn about that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Because that that helps me relate to other people. Absolutely. Because I always want to learn how yeah. to relate to other people. So. Yeah. Um, well, but the CEO would... Club is awesome. Thank yeah, you. So, and, and how do people become members of the CEO Club? You mentioned that they are clients of Integral Bank. Correct. And then they're welcome to participate as long as they're at a C-suite level. Well, Every business owner, really. Yeah. Okay. And, or, That's still C-suite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Decision makers. Right. Absolutely. So good. Yeah. I would love for um, each of you to share. I, I just want us to go another little level deeper. What do you think the driving factors are for success, either for your organization or even just as an, as a leader, as an individual in the way in which you guys show up in life? So what does that look like for you? What are the driving factors? factors for success. And it just, I know this is kind of a, you know, pop it, here we go. It doesn't have to be something rehearsed. <laughs> Who wants to go first? 
just Stu and I were talking a little bit before we got in here and what you know makes our program successful is having people with passion behind it. Mm. If you tell someone to do a job and they don't want to do it, they'll do it because you've asked them to or right. it's just part of their role, but it's not going to have the same quality of something that they enjoy doing. And it's okay to like your job. I love my job. There are parts of my job and we all can probably look around and say we don't like dealing with personnel issues. I mean, if you do... I mean, <laughs> good for you. And you're talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so I mean, that's going to be that's going to happen as you're part of your role. But, you know, as things have evolved at Ability360, particularly in the sports and fitness center, I found people that are passionate about A, B or C. And that's what makes those programs successful. I'll let a program go if there's not someone behind it that's not going to go full force into it mm-hmm. because it's not going to have the same quality. And for us as a nonprofit that serves the community, we want to make an impact. We work hard for money like everybody else does. But when you are responsible for, you know, grant funding or reporting things, I have a grant report due to the Coyotes and one to another group. You know, you want to show off, you want to tell them what you did with their money. And it makes an impact. So finding that passion behind people is really kind of what makes things successful in my book. I love it. So if I could add to that, it's really the purpose with passion, right? Yeah, absolutely. And And so to me, I think... I feel very fulfilled right now because we are a mission-based bank. We have a purpose. And the way that we think is that if we can help a small business, you know, grow, that means they're going to have the ability to hire more people. And as they do that, the employment rate goes up. We're transforming lives. And this is how we are building a stronger community. And we forget they're really the engine, right, of our economy. And so uh, to your point, I think when you have a purpose, back up with your passion. And if you can get everybody empowered to move that ship together with the same direction, it's very powerful. Oh, absolutely. Right. So I'm just adding to what you said. Yeah. Perfect. I agree with the both of you. IT is, a, a, is an interesting field to be in. My passion is to serve people uh, 100%. Um, I, I don't care what level it is, whether it's uh, connecting them or keeping their computers connected, right? Um, it's it's all about serving people. And I also have a philosophy as I'm building out my team, I'm a slow to hire, quick to fire kind of person, right? If you don't, I mean, I hire for the sales team or the customer success team, and, and that's, that's you know, uh, I'm in charge of sales and, and that, you know, generating revenue. But if I hire somebody and they, quote unquote, sell me in that interview process and they're not what they say they are, then they're not going to work for me. Having integrity in this world, I feel is more, it's needed more today than ever before. Post-pandemic, and I say this all the time, I, I feel that we live in a very cynical society um, and we're so divided. Uh, and I heard an amazing speaker not too long ago. He says, we're, we're not the United States of, of America. We're the United, we're the divided States of America. And I think we, we are. And I think in, in this time that we're all here and we're mostly small businesses listening to this show and, and they might be nodding like we all are in the studio right now. I think we need to have compassion as well as passion. I think we need to have compassion for one another I think we need to have, we need to wait a minute. We, we shouldn't be getting upset with each other. We should be trying to work together. And, you know, this may be kumbaya, but try to make the world just a little bit better place. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't have children, but I have friends who have children. They're growing up in this time. And I'm just kind of scratching my head going, why? 
So I think we need to have compassion to have passion um, to make the world a better place to serve. We're all in the business of customer service, whether you're a nonprofit or a bank or an IT or a radio show or, you know, uh, a, a waiter or a waitress or it doesn't matter what you do. We're all in the business of customer service. We all have to interact with one another. And if we could just be a little bit nicer, have a little bit more compassion to have passion for our jobs, I think the world would be a better place. I think everybody would make more money. Mm-hmm. I think everybody would be happier. Mm-hmm. I think we'd have a better level of customer service because people use customer service as a punchline to a joke at a cocktail party these days. Right. Uh, yeah, so beautifully said. Just like every business these days are IT businesses in some way or another, every business is about relationships, period. You have to have solid relationships in order to to succeed. And everything that you guys have laid out around the factors for success are important aspects of leadership and growth. The thing that I would kind of add or, or plus one there would be to hold on to a vision and be really clear about that vision. I know for my own growth and trajectory with Business Radio, it's been seven, almost seven years since I've owned the studio. I've lost my way a little bit. I've not lost my passion. I've not my, lost my um, servant leadership mentality or any of those things. I've been really clear. I've stayed in integrity. The piece that when the things got tough and they got tough for a while, the thing that I had a hard time was attaching myself to the to a vision. Like what is clearly in front of me? And that way, the hard lifting and the difficult times, if I can continue to see myself out here a little bit in the future or way out in the future, then I can continue to do the hard work. And, and sometimes I've kind of lost that and, and fortunately have just recently regained that again as I've kind of retooled and made some decisions in the business. So thank you each for sharing that. On that note, where do you see your organizations and your companies going in the next, say, the next couple of years? And equally important, how can we as a business community support your success? So Gus, can I ask you to go first? I know each of you kind of touched on a little bit, but what's what's next for you guys in 2024 and a couple of years beyond? And then how can we best support uh, your goals and mission? That's a big question. Actually, there's a vote today uh, in the city of Phoenix and for improvements to schools, parks, and things like that. If that vote goes through, which I hope it does, we actually occupy a building at Telephone Pioneer Park up off 19th and Bell. And it was the um, country's first barrier-free park. So it was pre-Americans with Disabilities Act. So, but it was built by a group of volunteers that worked for the, the phone company. And they had a great heart. And then they ended up donating it to the city of Phoenix because they didn't know how to run a park, which was fine. But that park is it's a little bit older. And if this bond goes through, that park specifically will get $2.1 million. And we've talked to the city of Phoenix about because we occupy the building there and provide services there, how we can work together and make that a better place mm-hmm. for the whole community. So if that goes through today, then we're going to have a capital campaign on our, on our hands to make that park the best park in the country, mm-hmm. uh, bring it back to where it should be, uh, provide services up there that we've been looking forward to doing. That's That's one big project that we're going to be doing. As an organization, I think we all want to hire quality employees. You know, when you talk about slow to hire, quick to fire, it's it's about building your staff as well. And when you talk about compassion and grace, that's really important. You know, when you're working with people, there's a couple of great, I know we all have seen great videos on that. One of our favorite guys, is his name's Phil Beckner, and he, he promotes something called Be Better, Be Different. And you can always be better, you can always be different, but if you're both, you're elite, and you take it to the next level and you pour into people. I mean, that's what we need. We need people that we can pour into to make our programs better because we all do the right thing. 
it's just finding the right people to fit the puzzle pieces and Tetris or whatnot. Yeah. And I think that's important for us. So across our board, we're a very large organization with a lot of different services. I can focus on my areas, whether it's operations or the sports and fitness center, but I know within our advocacy department, we impact people with new and old disabilities, you know, of all ages and all abilities. So it's just promoting our services and making sure people know the resources that are out there in the community and making them affordable to those that might not have the resource to do it. For our listeners and viewers who are not familiar or haven't yet gotten involved with your organization, what's a great way to start with you guys? I would go to our website, you know, ability360.org. There's a lot of layers. So it's kind of putting in a keyword, look at our schedule, um, find out what what's going on, whether it's an adapted sports tournament or the community events like stargazing. We're taking a group of 150 people to Zoo Lights. I mean, it's we're supposed to do a group picture. We're not going to do a picture. <laughs> so, but, I mean, it's just those type of things. And then just a quick story. One of our, our swim coach um, has spina bifida. And as an athlete growing up locally, he wanted to be on swim teams and whatnot. So he swam Alcatraz a couple times when he was a youth. We're talking what? sixth grade, ninth grade. And he comes to me and he goes, Gus, I'm thinking about, you know, our team's called the Narwhals. And I, some of the Narwhals want to swim Alcatraz. I'm like, let's go. It wasn't even a question. So, because he's going to lead the group. And there's a group in, you know, outside of, you know, in the Bay Area that does Alcatraz swims. And we're just going to do one of them with them. We're going to train for it. We're not going to let everybody go, of course. But, you know, they got to be ready for it before they jump in the water up there. And it's, those are the types of things that we can take to the next level. And there's just a lot of layers. So when you look at our schedule, our website can actually be overwhelming. And that's something we're trying to work on is that make we can pinpoint certain things. But And we believe in the power partnership. So if we don't do it, we refer people to other places and things like that. You offer so much. And I, I had forgotten at your facility on Washington that you shared that space mm-hmm. with the other nonprofits. It's so, that's such an important aspect and it's a beautiful facility. It is. We're very fortunate. Yeah, good. Uh, the business community uh, for business owners mm-hmm. and executive leaders uh, are there opportunities as companies much like nothing but net to get involved? Is that is that you know s- helping to sponsor the golf tournament or those kinds of things? How can we directly as a business community be there for you? I think the best way is to come for a tour. Okay, you know, come onto our campus and then Perfect. we can have a conversation. We can get people involved on many different levels. We love volunteers for our events. A lot of times people go, well, we would want to do a work project. Well, I got a work project for you, believe it or not. So. It's coming for a tour and having that conversation and finding a, a mutual connection so that way we can benefit each other in the way we want to do it. So that's meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it. And the golf tournament is? January 19th. January 19th. And, the, and registration is already? It's online. For, uh, foursomes are signing up. It's at TPC. Okay. So it's a couple weeks before the big dog tournament. So we get to play on 16 the way all the pros do. <laughs> Be ready to play. It's set up hard. Um, it's a great course. It's beautiful. We've had great weather every time, and it's just, it's a great event. It's, and there's not a lot, we don't let a lot of people in. It's, 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 it's not, I'm not going to say exclusive, but um, it's got a price tag to it because you're playing one of the best golf courses in the world right before the pros do on their tournament. And it's something special to be on the whole 16. It's, it's a lot quieter than it is during the Open. So just be ready. Yeah, I'm proud to say that nothing but that's the presenting sponsor of that. Um, so Thank it's you. very exciting for me to be part of that 
with Bob and Bob's been the presenting sponsor. I think it's the second year now, but he's always been involved. Mm -hmm. So now I get to play. They typically year. wins. And Bob, 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 yeah, Bob. All right, Bob. Wins. Challenges out there. Yeah. We expect you to win this year. Well, I don't know. He's he's supposed to be in Hawaii. Though, oh, right? so, uh, so can I'm, you phone it in from Hawaii? Uh, I, don't, I don't know that you can. No, no, I think a presenting sponsor I, can. Yeah. Right. If you're the presenting sponsor, so that's you can. That's do. why I have to play it. I guess I need to start working on my oh golf gosh, game so I can bring back the, the the trophy. So I don't let Bob. Down. I love it. And, and thank you for thinking to include Ability360 and have Gus join us today. It's really a special opportunity for us to sit and listen about really the legacy that you guys continue to have on behalf of not only the greater Phoenix community, but the folks who really need us the most, right? Yeah, love it. There's so many great nonprofits in the oh, city. Oh, it's incredible. Um, it, it really is. And that, again, that's one of the business areas that we at Nothing But Net focus on. Um, but I keep meeting great amazing people that are that do things for whether it's kids or people with disabilities and it just you know i i personally want to help them all but there's only so much money right and time and resources however that's part of our joy here at phoenix business radio x is making sure that when we have business leaders who are advocates for a charitable organization right that we we get them on here as well uh, and so thank you for for that introduction. How about nothing but net, right? The question is the same. What's uh, what's in the future for you guys? And then again, as a business community, what kind of introductions are make the most uh, are most important to you? And then I would love for you after we talk about nothing but net to again give kind of a shout out on behalf of uh, business and brews as well. Okay, nothing but net. As I personally look at where the economy is going. I don't know if it's going to be a flat year in 2024 or, or growth year. I want it to be a growth year. Obviously running sales, that's how I make a living, right? I feel that we're going to, ha we're going to have a significant growth in 2024. I think some of our clients might be flat, but we're going to help them push things forward. So I think I really want to take our consulting arm of what my team does and sit down with more of our clients to understand their business. So I think that's how we're going to change things. We're going to be more at that C-level table with, with our clients. We want to work with, with all size companies, you know, 10 employees to 10,000, basically, you know, and 10, you know, 10 employees to, to let's say a thousand. We work with, you know, different size companies, you know, Ability 360 has got, I don't know, 400 people or so, give or take. I don't, I don't even know. Oh, we have in our home care, we have 1400, wow. but yeah. wow. those so, are. We have our main staff is 125 ish. Okay, so 125. We have construction companies that are 150. I'm looking to working with some uh, other organizations that are 14, 1500. But we also work with companies that are five people. I like working with companies that that understand that there's pain to IT and they're not experts. I want them to be do what they do best, right? Um, we do what we do best, and you know our team is is very good at that. And so we, we want to help companies grow by utilizing technology. Um, so I think 2024 is going to be pretty bright. I'm optimistic about next year. It is an election year, which scares the living daylights <laughs> out of me. But I think that if we put the noise of the election behind us yeah. or or just stick a pin in it, because whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I don't think it's going to really affect small businesses in this community, in this in the greater Phoenix community. Uh, it might affect the banking, more than more than uh, a nonprofit or nothing but net, but I do think if if we can put the noise behind us, work together, I think everybody will be 
have some growth in 2024. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a good year. I love it. Again, how do we stay in touch with Business and Brews? And is that an open invitation? It's or? an open invitation. Um, yeah. We do not have membership. I do charge a, a small fee yes, for it just, just because I've got some costs for it. Yeah. Um, it's businessandbrewsaz.com. You can read about what we're about. There's some photos on there. We have a, what is it, a Facebook page. Yeah, that thing, that the, the noise, right? <laughs> right. It's a lot of fun. Like I said, uh, no membership fee. I think it's $5. The Christmas event, it's going to be $25 for that. But we're having a ugly sweater contest. Oh, very And fun. it's going to be over here <laughs> here in Tempe. The Well, the one for November is at Birdie's Bar and Grill in Mesa yeah. at, at Fountain of the Sun Golf Course. The one in December is going to be a lot of fun. It's at 100 Mile Brewing here I in Tempe. I was just there for my 40th high I school. I saw that. I God. saw that. They yeah. were fantastic. So I oh. went to Tempe, uh, McClintock High School right here in Tempe. Okay. And we just had our 40th high school reunion. <laughs> they were fantastic. Sue and her team were absolutely amazing. Yeah, Sue she and is... Todd, they were amazing. We couldn't have picked a better place. And you know that that the servers love the group that they're serving when they are the ones behind the bar saying, you guys were the nicest group that yeah. we've ever had. So see if you can beat that or at least get that same well, compliment. We have, <laughs> we have the patio for that so one. Good. Um, oh, good. And so I, this time of year, obviously, being in Arizona, we yeah. want to be outside. So I, I'm trying to look for fun, open patios where people can talk. And You've made you know, the right choice. And, um, so even like last month, we were at uh, Patton 139 Brewing in Chandler, which is Tim Haas and his his team are fantastic. So again, we, business and brews. It's it's all about supporting small businesses, yeah. right? So I have met local breweries or local bars that are owned by local people, yep. and I want to bring the local community in there because what's better than just at the end of a day having a cold beer and a good conversation with someone? Yes, or yeah. multiple cold beers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I am a non drinker as of a, a full year now. However, that doesn't mean I'm not going to go and and hang out and and watch everybody else drink a beer or have a glass of wine in the smaller groups. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to Eric Miller with PADT because he and I were together in August at the CEO retreat in Sedona with Arizona Technology Council, and your name came up, Stu. We went for a hike. For those of us who weren't golfing, he organized, he and his company organized a hike. We did that. And then I think there was eight or nine of us. And we were all supposed to eat lunch afterwards together. (laughs) And it was such a hot day that day. You can imagine August. Go back to the hotel, check out, shower. We go to the restaurant. I'm the first one there. I'm like, yeah, I think there's going to be a group of eight or nine. And and Eric shows up. (laughs) Nobody else. It's just he and I. So we're like, do you want to stay for lunch? And we did. And in this beautiful conversation, um, I really got to know him at a a deeper level, which was really special because like you and I, we've been in the same circle for a while. And he said, you really ought to connect with Stu. He's doing some great things in our community. He's a connector like you are. And so that's what prompted me to have Kendra reach out and say, hey, let's make sure that Stu's back on with us after having been on with The Naked Truth. So shout out to Eric and and a great appreciation for you and all you do for our business community um it really shines through in, in everything you do so well, it's been you. very good to me throughout my career in the 20 something years that i've been here in phoenix and you know phoenix is my adopted home and i met my wife here so this yeah. is home to me now. i i've got to meet your wife <laughs> my wife's amazing. I, I have no doubt that she is i'm just i would love to just 
bend her ear and find out again. She is. Uh, she's going to be at the next two business and brew events. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm gonna, when is the December one? December 12th, which okay. is actually the day after my birthday. So oh, it's going to be a big party. Wow. I'm a December baby as well. Yeah. December 18th. All right. Well, on the 11th. Okay. So we, get, we almost share. We, we have a week. Right. Um, We're Sagittarius, right? Yes, we are Sagittarius. Very good. Okay. And, well, and, and my wife is retiring in February. Oh, my so, gosh. Wow. Yeah. So my life's just going to get that much better. <laughs> that much more exciting. I love it. Good yeah. for both of you. Congratulations to and your wife's name is Lori. Good congratulations to Lori. Lane, bring us home. Tell yes. us what is Integral Bank up to in the next 2024, the next couple of years. And again, as a business community, right. how can we continue to get you connected? Thank you for asking such a great question. I think that timing is impeccable, right? At the time that we start the bank, I know interest rate continue to rise and a lot of clients and customers in general are really suffering also the fact that a lot of banks are scaling back, but we're not scaling back. We're growing. So we're building the best team. We continue to lend. Our balance is looking really, really good. Understand that we're, although we're focusing on Arizona, uh, Nevada, and Southern California, we're still working on a number of key initiatives. So for example, and Gus, I have to tell you, our consulting platform and the consulting that we do is called Integral 360. <laughs> so we're like, we have some commonality. Understand that the ability to give our clients peer-to-peer analysis to let them know where they stand relative to their competitors within the industry, that data is incredibly powerful. Coupled with complementary evaluation. I mean, no one does that. So I just want to point out with the technology piece, as we talk about it, it can be so powerful as it will build out and continue to expand our competitive advantage. Access to executives as well as our CEO club. I mean, these are differentiating factors that we really want to ensure that everybody take advantage of. So ultimately, we want to take our company public so that is something you know, on the horizon. So I'm really excited to make that announcement. I love it. So we are in many ways protected from the public setting. But when we are ready to take it to the public, it's going to be the best time, I think, mm-hmm. in you know our, our projection and, and what we lined up. So if, if you are not happy with your bank or you just simply want to gain some insights, consultation one-on-one know where you stand relative to your competitors, you know, just contact us. Integral.bank yeah. is our website. And, um, or you can reach out to me through LinkedIn. And uh, how many locations? We have one business center yeah. as our headquarters uh, on Bell and 101. Okay. But we pretty much allow you bank any way you want. Yep. Or bankers can go to your, you know, a site or we can do a Zoom call or you can stop by. That so is the future of banking, is right. it not? Yeah, for right. sure. I go into my my bank and it's ghost town. <laughs> and I, I always think, oh yeah, really, only when I have a check on hand. Otherwise, it's all online and it's and yet um it sounds like you are very well connected and stay really that that side pocket with all of your members as well. Yes. Yeah. And you can call us Petite Bank that will out the red carpet service. Yeah. They have Perfect. a lovely, lovely location yeah. in, uh, in North Central Phoenix. So North Central, Northwest. Yeah. It's a it's a beautiful facility. So, yeah. so Karen, you're going to appreciate this. We do have coffee bar. 
during okay. the day and wine <laughs> bar by the night. Excellent. Remember? <laughs> Coffee is my only vice. Yes. I will I will admit to that. Yeah. And there are occasions that I do miss wine and beer, but <laughs> for whatever reason I've made that decision. It was it was something that just kind of fell out of some personal growth work and I'm like, "All right, well, it was 90 days. I was going to give it up for 90 days." And oh. now I'm a year later. Wow. Like still don't don't really have it as part of my life. So Fantastic conversation. Thank you all for you. being here Thank today you. and getting to know each other better. This is, as Stu has said, is is how we get to know each other. And then we can show up and better support each other and be champions for what we're all up to in this world. So thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona. Some media leans left, some lean right. And Wheeling Business and Nonprofit and Banking as well. Until next time, I'm Karen Awicki. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.